1: Welcome, everyone, back to the newest edition of BAMS Radio. I'm your host, Rudy Armand. As the Alabama Crimson Tide get an easy 59-3 win over the New Mexico State Aggies. And now, with this changing landscape in the SEC, they only need a win over Arkansas to reach their goal of Atlanta, Georgia, and the Georgia Bulldogs. Arkansas outlasts LSU in red sticks, 16-13 in overtime. And now the Auburn Tigers, as well, have a historic meltdown in Jordan Hare Stadium. They uh, lead twenty-eight to three. They go on to lose forty-three to thirty-four to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And some collateral damage. They were they have a couple of major injuries. We're going to talk about tonight. Also, Alabama suffering some injuries, unfortunately, in this game with New Mexico State. So it's a little bit of a battle of attrition right now for these two schools, and Alabama's got more quality depth than the Auburn Tigers right now, though it's getting perilous in the running back room. But as always, I'm with my two cohorts, Thomas Watts in the port city of Mobile, producing, doing a great job, keeping us on the air, giving us his analytical takes as well, both uh, taking a numbers look and a lot of matchups, but also giving his thoughts and opinions on the football team and on the coaching staff and just the matchups, how he sees them, uh, you know, each week, you know, what he thinks of each game. And then, of course, William Redfish Barger from 89 to 93, a 92 national champion, and someone who uh, put on the Crimson jersey but also has kept his uh, ear to the ground very close to the program since his playing days. And it's always great to have these two guys with us each and every Sunday. And I'm going to start with you, William. Uh, we've been there, done that with a lot of these money games, as we call them, matchups. Alabama 59-3, to impressive, uh, but it came at a cost, losing a couple of players in Roydell Williams and punt returner slot receiver JoJo Earl.
0: Yeah, um, you know, but I think obviously Roydale's, <coughs> excuse me, presence in the running back room is probably going to be, you know, missed. I mean, it's this is why you have to have six or seven of them in August, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, he had really stepped up after Jace McClellan went down, went down earlier in the season. And, you know, was was a nice compliment to, to Brian Robinson back there. So, you know, Alabama's getting down to the short hairs, um, you know, when it comes to running back, probably going to see some guys from other positions start to, to pitch in there a little
1: bit. Yeah, we really will. And, you know, we saw Christian Larry get his first action at running back and get some carries. And, of course, he's a former slot receiver, true freshman uh, from the Orlando, Florida area. And then Demoye Kennedy from Theodore. He's been uh, getting some reps at running back. He played the position in high school as well. Uh, usually a middle linebacker, though. So Alabama having to move some guys over from other positions. Uh, Going to have to get those guys ready now because the only two scholarship running backs remaining are Brian Robinson Jr., uh, the senior from Tuscaloosa, and then, of course, uh, the sophomore Trey Sanders from IMG Academy. Sanders recovering from a severe car accident from a year ago. And even this year, Brian Robinson missing the Southern Miss game due to some rib injuries. Uh, so there, nobody's probably 100% a- around this time of year. But like you said, William, uh, the running back room getting perilously thin. This was thought to be a, a big-time position of strength before the season, but we've seen Jason McClellan, Kamar Wheaton, and now Roydell Williams go down, and Alabama doesn't have Kyle Edwards anymore. He looked solid in the spring. This is one of those times you wish you still had the young man uh, from uh, Dutch down in Louisiana because he would have been someone that could have helped with the quality depth. I, I don't know that he he's not as explosive as a Roydell Williams, but I thought he was really solid, and so – I think now everybody's understanding why Nick Saban tries to keep guys in the program. He certainly doesn't favor transfers, uh, you know, until maybe a season is over and uh, he meets with each individual player. But uh, Kyle Edwards left, I believe, in fall camp. Uh, you know, so unfortunately for Alabama, uh, they only have two scholarship running backs. And I'm going to be interested to see what kind of workload Brian Robinson gets, because at the same time, he's the best you have but you also want to keep him relatively fresh and healthy. Uh, but the, you know, that that's going to be a difficult juggling act going forward with, uh, because Alabama needs to beat uh, you know, Arkansas on Saturday afternoon on CBS, they need to beat the Auburn tigers and then, uh, the Georgia bulldogs to make the college football playoffs. So Brian Robinson's health from this point forward is going to be a huge storyline. I would think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, You know, we've seen Alabama have years like this before where, um, you know, certain position groups seems like they have the, you know, the injury bug a couple years ago was the inside linebackers when first year defensive coordinator Pete Golding actually had to start two true freshmen. yeah, Um, And that that was a, a rather frustrating season. But, you know, we've seen the running backs get hit like this before. It's been a while, but, um, I guess that's why you sign, you know, one or two of them every year and try and stockpile them and keep them as healthy and
1: as happy with the roles on the team as you can. I'm sure that's that's a struggle at times. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And uh, I was going to bring Thomas Watts into the conversation. Thomas, really getting down there. I mean, uh, Moya Kennedy from your neck of the woods and Theodore, it's the same high school as C.J. Mosley. Christian Leary, as we said, uh, played some running back in high school but was a slot receiver. Most of this year, he's a freshman from uh, the state of Florida. So Alabama really hurting right now as far as depth at running back. Makes you wonder if we'll see another, you know, old Miss performance like we saw out of B-Rob where he got 30 carries. We would think they would want to, uh, you know, limit his touches somewhat, maybe spread them out. Maybe even give us a, a Jalen Milrow kind of touch in there with some wildcat looks. I've even suggested... Uh, you know, Slade Bolden see some time in the in the backfield. I know he's not the fastest kid, but he's quick, and he played some running back in high school. He seems to have some natural running skills. But Alabama, I, they may have to get creative down this stretch, Thomas. I wish in a way they would a little bit with some of the weapons because Jalen Milroe, I know he impressed you on Saturday.
2: certainly. and and Milroe, what really jumped out in the stadium is on that weird play I don't even remember what happened specifically like the circumstances it was like third and ten and Milrow went from zero to 200 before you could blink and then suddenly you know it's he's 10 yards down the field first down and you're like wait a minute what just happened and and that's that's awesome to have in a player and I agree with you in that there there's going to suddenly be this weird circumstance and we kind of saw it on Saturday where who is 37 and you, I don't know, if you weren't in the stadium, you didn't hear this, but even the stadium announcer missed who 37 was. Like, didn't realize it was Moy Kennedy. So there's going to have to be something figured out. But honestly, everybody has wanted to see Trey Sanders, and Trey Sanders might still be rehabbing, and he might not get some of the nuances of the running back position when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. But – you know the the time is now and Alabama's going to need them. you know this this offense has really really hit the hit some some struggle points as the offensive line has accrued some injuries but they're still a top 15 statistical unit in the country and if you look at it it has been a lot more pass to set up the run but Alabama's offense is at its best Drew and William when there's some form of balance, and you need, they might not need to be completely balanced against the Arkansas Razorbacks, but should Alabama get to the SEC title game against a very talented Georgia football team, you know, that, that's going to be the kind of thing where if Georgia forces Alabama to throw the ball 60 times, turns them essentially into Mississippi State with talent, that's, the, that's how you get beat. So, you know, we'll see. Unfortunately, Alabama has two weeks of tough games where they have to get this thing right. But at the same time, there are a lot of pieces that are around this team that you can feel pretty good about. And, you know, I know I've been as brutal on the Alabama defense as anybody with some of the lapses that they've had this season. But don't look now, but the calendar has turned to November And that defense is starting to come at offenses in waves and do some really good things. Now, will that happen moving forward? I don't know. But from the matchups, from the numbers, you have to feel real confident going into this Arkansas game at home against an offense that this defense has already done a good job against, Drew.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, this is going to be a big test for Alabama on these last two regular season games. The Hogs come in 7-3. and three. It was an ugly game, kind of like Alabama, but they found a way to beat LSU 16-13 in Baton Rouge on, a, on an overtime field goal attempt. First time in five years they've lost five straight uh, to LSU. So a big win for Arkansas. Now they're going to come in and try to keep Alabama from clinching a trip uh, to the SEC championship game. Uh, and, of course, as we said, one of the keys is going to be Alabama being banged up. They also were banged up along the offensive line. Two starters did not see action. Uh, Darian Dalcourt, the center, and then the left guard, J.B. and Cohen, uh, which meant Chris Owens went uh, moved to the pivot for the entire game. Struggled a little bit with his snaps, but still they were a little low. But Seth McLaughlin came in, got some time with the twos. Uh, and then you saw Damian George with his first real, uh, You know, action as a starter, and uh, I thought he – and himself pretty well, Tommy Brown in for Cohen at left guard. I'm going to bring in William Redfish Barger here. William, uh, your thoughts on how the offensive line performed without a couple of pieces. We've been wanting to see more of Damian George and certainly Tommy Brown finally getting a chance for the injured Javian Cohen who had had a wrist procedure done. Well, I
0: know. On one particular play, Tommy Brown pulled on an RPO and didn't touch a soul. <laughs> um, he he kind of just stood around and watched. Uh, I know that's not my design, but, you know, I mean, it, it's hard to, you know, get a take. I mean, that was such yeah. a bad level of, con- of, of competition yesterday, um, you know, both in size and athleticism. I mean, I, I still think the you know, the issues will there. I think we'll have a better gauge for them against Arkansas, um, you know, who, who probably doesn't have the most talented defense that Alabama's seen all year, but they are physical and they play hard. Um, and, and it'll be a different, you know, different look than what they've seen, you know, here recently with the with the different, you know, ways that Barry Odom likes to dial things up with that base three, three that he runs, Um but you know, it, it was about like you would expect against a New Mexico State. I mean, it, it, they the, the issues are still there; they were just covered up by lack of competition.
1: Yeah, and uh, that's uh, I, I kind of felt the same way. I did think that Alabama was able to do whatever they wanted, which is what you need. and They got a chance to play a lot of players, uh, you know. But I will say it, it was a chance for a few guys to step up and make impressions. We talked about some of those guys along the offensive line. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, and then, of course, we got a chance to see, uh, you know, some uh, some defensive players, some younger guys get some reps. We saw, once again, Drew Sanders get back in the lineup. Though I will say, William, one of the things that I've taken out of the last, you know, two to three weeks, you don't like or, you know, you don't want somebody to lose their job over an injury. But to me, he's being so good. It's going to be tough for Coach Nick Saban to take Dallas Turner out of the starting lineup, for you know, for, from this point forward, the rest of the season. Yeah,
0: and I mean, you know, there's a a physician group that's, uh, you know, even you know, outside linebacker, the the Sam's and the Jacks. You know, they've lost Chris uh, Chris Allen, Allen. and yeah. Sanders. Sanders has been banged up, but um, yeah, you know, I think last week the light finally fully came on for Dallas Turner, and um, you know he played well again yesterday, and it's it's kind of hard to believe, and and you know I think a lot of credit needs to go to, you know Sal Sincere that, you know you're you're able to put a true freshman in as your third team Sam linebacker and still get decent production is uh, is is unheard of, but. Maybe they got some guys that can play running back over there because they're still <laughs> about eight deep, I think, at both linebacker spots. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I think Dallas Turner's made it an interesting argument or, or debate, I should say, um, you know, just exactly who is the, the the starting Sam linebacker right now. And, you know, like I said, I think Turner's made it an
1: interesting conversation. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. He's made it an interesting conversation. He seems to be getting better every week. He, he shows some pass rush ability like Chris Allen has and uh, and did. And uh, we hated to lose Allen, no doubt about that. It'll be interesting to see what he does as far as his future goes because not being able to play and impress these NFL scouts, I think he would still be drafted, but you don't know how high. So that's going to be interesting. Then you've got Dallas Turner uh, and you've got Drew Sanders. Liam, I, I said this over the weekend and no disrespect, but, Christian Harris has had a good career at Alabama. If he decides to move on to the professional level and leave early, I wouldn't mind Alabama shifting Sanders. I know they've got some other young inside, including Deontay Lawson that I'm really anxious to see. But Drew Sanders, I think he could also play inside. It would, To me, it would be intriguing to see what he would look like maybe at that will spot, uh, depending on what Henry Toa Toa does after the season.
0: Yeah, and you know that's that's a good problem to have, um, but you do have as much depth and talent there, and, and you know that's with the, you know without the guy that going into the season was going to kind of be their experienced leader in Chris Allen, but um, you know this has kind of turned into the the Will Anderson show over there, and um, for for good reason, um, you know he's he's the the leader of that whole defense now by. You know what he does on the field every Saturday and and on the practice field the rest of the time, and um, you know he just continues to you know pad his stats and just cause opposing offenses. I mean, I, I'd 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 love to be in a uh like Arkansas's O line room today when they turn that film on and you're like, oh god, who's got a block thirty <laughs> one?
1: Um,
0: just because there is no off day. I mean, he's as good versus the run as he is the pass. So. um it doesn't, doesn't really matter what you dial up, but uh, that, that's that's got to be a uncomfortable moment when they start playing that film and you're like, oh, "Thank God it's the other
1: guy, not me." Yeah, no doubt. And uh, and, and Thomas, what's going to bring you back into the conversation? I know you made a point in a group message that we're part of to to tell some people like you know you better look out right now. But the Alabama defense seems to be making some strides.
2: Well. You go back and you look at LSU and the defense, was it 100% wonderful? No. But with the offense having an off day, the defense did what needed to get done so that Alabama could win. Okay. Well, that's, you know, that's, that was a solid game. Was it spectacular? I don't think so. Well, this follows up with comes two weeks after a Tennessee game where Tennessee was explosive, but for those playing the home game, Tennessee was just fairly explosive against the Georgia Bulldogs. So, you know, everybody loves Georgia and Georgia statistically is just unbelievably good. So they deserve the love, but if they're as good as people say they are, then you've got to give the Alabama defense some credit there. And then yesterday against New Mexico State, you know, let's not mince words. New Mexico State's not a good football team. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and heap praise upon them. But When you play a team that you have such a decided talent advantage over, what you really want to see is complete domination. And outside of a couple of passes that beat zone early and uh, an iffy, you know, maybe iffy half drive that still ended up in a career-long field goal for the New Mexico State kicker, Alabama's defense completely pounded a subpar offense into the dirt. I mean, I believe they had... 100 yards rushing, 100 total yards at the end of the game, some hilariously small number, and they were negative rushing yards for like three and a half quarters. So it's one of those situations where was it a good opponent? No. But what you want to see is your defense just completely shut them down, and that's what happened, Drew. I don't really know what else you can ask for as an Alabama fan. Quite honestly, at this point, I think there needs to be two conversations when we're talking about defense this season in college football. There's the how do you compare to Georgia conversation, and then how do you compare with everybody else? And I would make the argument that without Georgia in the discussion, and they are excellent. I take nothing away from that team. Without Georgia in the conversation, Alabama's defense (laughs) would be getting a lot of love and – with the way this season's going it feels like even against Georgia or against whoever Alabama might see in the college football playoff and we don't know how that's going to play out being good and being able to change your pitch like when the offense isn't, when the offense isn't going the defense can carry the load or when the or vice versa excuse me that's going to pay dividends because you know as much as you you heap praise on the Georgia defense, and they did. They there it's a really good unit. There hasn't been a situation where the offense has carried the defense. Well, look at Alabama's season. Uh offense has had to play really well against Florida when the defense didn't have it, and my God, what's happened to the Florida Gators? Woof! But then you have the LSU where it was the exact opposite. That's a pretty good spot to be in in what's been a crazy topsy-turvy season throughout college football, Drew. Yeah, it really has
1: been. There hasn't really been a great team unless you Georgia. But, uh, you know, Georgia, uh, you know, got tested a little bit for a half. I, I don't think anybody thought that Tennessee had enough depth to be able to continue to punch with them. And they had some situations where early hookers suffered from some inaccuracies uh, down the field, but uh, they tried. 10 to 7, I believe, at halftime before storming back and winning the game extremely impressively. Uh, you know, because uh, I and, and it was a situation where I thought that, that Georgia would cover, they did just barely, but I just felt like they were the better football team, and there's no doubt about that. They, they've they got a great defense, it, it was tested a little bit by and Hooker, still don't think though it was, you know, a huge test just simply because. Uh, I don't think along the lines of scrimmage, Tennessee had the kind of horses it's going to take to uh, beat a team like that. No doubt about it. Georgia winning forty-one to seventeen. William, I know I'm sure you watched some of that game. Uh, there was also Old Miss and Texas a and that we can talk about. But uh, what were your initial thoughts on Georgia? Did they look how vulnerable did they look to you? If you watched any of that, and and what did you think of how Tennessee kind of attacked them?
0: Well, you know, I, I still question, you know, if, if a team is talented enough, and it's going to take a very talented team to do this, but if a right. team is talented enough to just stand up to Georgia and, you know, make them make plays through the air, you know, where they just can't line up and run somebody over on the ground, um, I, I, I'd like to see. Um, you know, it's kind of turned into an interesting situation over there with um, Stetson Bennett and J.T. Daniels. I mean, my how that conversation has changed since August. Um, but no, no, make no mistake about it. Georgia's a very good football team. They're they're sound in, in all three phases. Um, you know, that that Jordan Davis matchup with whoever Alabama trots out at center is. You know, if we get to that point, is is going to cause me to lose some sleep. Um, but you know, they're a good football team. I think Tennessee's, you know, a couple years away from you know being able to go toe to toe with them. They've got to rebuild their, you know, their recruiting, um, you know, back up, and um, that's an inherently difficult place to recruit to to begin with. So. Um, I would imagine you'll see uh, you know see them hit the state of Florida really hard with Josh Heupel's experience and that staff's experience down there. But um, you know, Tennessee made it a, a good ball game for the first half, and then you know I think Georgia's talent you know took over and they got the better of them in the second half. And man, I tell you, it's uh, and when you were talking about Ole Miss and and uh, Texas A and M, it was a, it was a wacky day in the SEC yesterday. That um, come apart down on the Plains, and
1: Auburn was probably the, the one that caught my eye the most. Yeah, I would say so. You don't see Auburn blowing leads like that inside Air State, and they're usually a different team uh, inside the you know the friendly confines there. and They're really good at home, and so that was shocking to me. Will Rogers just certainly had a great year in his first year starting for Mike Leach, a lot of tough, against Alabama, took a beating and yet continued to come back. But now uh, we'll see, now, you know, Alabama's going to have to stay focused. They, you know, they did. They weren't ready to play against LSU and they nearly lost. So can't take anything for granted. They've got Arkansas and then Auburn. So I was also a little bit surprised, though, uh, you know, and, and, and you know, uh, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, in the SEC, because I thought that Texas A&M would win a close game against the Ole Miss. It wasn't stunning that the Rebels won, Uh, but, of course, I made this comment. It was obvious after watching Zach Calzada throw two late interceptions, including a pick six. You know, he had his Steven Garcia-type moment, but, you know, he's not played nearly to that capability since and finally caught up to a and M. A and m has got a really good front, really good defense overall, but, you know, their offense wasn't nearly good enough. They didn't run the ball nearly as well as I thought they might, so I give the Rebels a lot of credit. Now, they're really the biggest challenge of left to Alabama. That's what's interesting. Uh, and then these two injuries that we were going to talk about, to Bo Nix and Andres Carlson, that could really hamper Auburn. I don't even know, William, if you could consider Auburn a solid favorite at South Carolina now. <laughs> T.J. Finley you know, his best game at LSU last year in Red Stick against the Gamecocks, but when you're going on the road, it's always different, and now uh, they don't have uh, their place kicker either, it looks like. And so, Andres was one of the better ones in college football, though he had struggled the last couple weeks. So, the way Auburn finishes is going to be interesting to me. I, I think that South Carolina game, it may be close to a pick em now.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's you, you don't have any idea. Um, you know, losing your quarterback and your kicker in the same game doesn't happen very often. And you, you just don't know, you know, what that that second half meltdown yesterday. What kind of taste is in the locker room? Um, you know, there's probably a little bit of finger pointing going on, you know, between sides of the ball, and um, it just it was just ugly, and it was like watching a you know a train wreck that you couldn't get out of the way from, and uh, you know, like you said, I mean, I I certainly don't have a whole hell of a lot of faith in the the Gamecocks this year, but that's a that's a unique situation that they're going to find themselves in. Um, you know, next Saturday versus Auburn, that's a much much different ball club. Um, you know, than we were talking about a couple of weeks
1: ago. Yeah, it's really changed a lot. And Thomas, I'll I'll bring you in. Uh, Alabama's faced injuries all year. We talked about how their running back room has now changed once again and become even thinner. Uh, we've talked about uh, you know having to overcome the loss of Drew Sanders, but we've seen Dallas Turner, uh, you know, mature before our eyes. Your thoughts on this Alabama defense and where it stands? I thought that they played pretty well on Saturday. They got off to a little bit of a slow start, but uh, inevitably the talent took over. At uh, first, I'll ask you about Arkansas. But what do you where where do you, what do you see about with Alabama matching up with Arkansas? Because as I was watching the Hogs last night. They were struggling with this LSU front that Alabama did as well, but it still looks like a pretty good matchup to me, Alabama against this Razorback squad.
2: Well, that's a thing that Alabama fans can really hang their hat on looking at Arkansas, and if you want to look forward, which is not something the team should do, but hey, this is a podcast so we can can bend the rules a little. The other matchups, the Auburn Tigers and... Theoretically, the Georgia Bulldogs, those are matchups that really play into the strength of this Alabama defense. Alabama's defense is not you know, absolutely wonderful at stopping the pass, but they are elite at stopping the run. They are very, very good there. And you know, go back to what I was saying before. How did they beat Tennessee? Well, Tennessee threw bombs, got some big plays, didn't run for anything. And we've seen that over and over and over through the back half of the year. And make no mistake, Arkansas runs an offense that's very similar to what Alabama saw against against Ole Miss, excuse me. It's just KJ Jefferson, who is really a solid quarterback, is not Matt Corral. You know, Matt Corral, I think if you drafted tomorrow coming out of this class, Matt Corral's the first quarterback taken. KJ Jefferson ain't that. So Arkansas really wants to run to set up the pass. You really got to be a little nervous as an Alabama fan for Traylon Burks, the uh, Arkansas wide receiver. Very, very good player. But it's just one of those things where if Arkansas struggles to set up any sort of consistent running game, you know, first down, get to second and six, second and five, second and four. If if Arkansas is not able to do that, then – it's really going to be a long day for this Razorback squad, and in a similar vein, defensively, what Arkansas wants to do, uh, Barry Odom wants to run either the three-three-five or the three-two-six. Uh, essentially, they want the three-three-five or the three-two-six as a defense is really built to slow down what has become a traditional what traditional what is now a spread offense and Alabama does a lot of spread stuff but notice what the tide did against Ole Miss they felt accurately that they should they would be able to run on a lighter front so what happened Brian Robinson had a bazillion carries they can do that and if you're wondering what could really happen there, look at how Georgia beat this Razorbacks team. Georgia just ground them out. That defense is not built to stop a more pro-ish, traditional, run-at-you offense. So looking at Arkansas, it's a good, they're a good football team. And Sam Pittman still is on the short list for SEC Coach of the Year. I mean, I think, I think at worst he's second right now. And you can argue about Jimbo Fisher or Kirby Smart. But that's what you're going. That's what Alabama's going to get. And the thing that really is heartening to me, Drew, is truly Alabama has seen this before. That essentially the Arca- Arkansas is Ole Miss, except Arkansas doesn't have as talented a quarterback position, but they have a defense that plays a little bit this more talented one, but also a lot more disciplined than this Ole Miss unit. So. I don't think this is going to be a new thing for this Alabama Crimson Tide group. I will say, as William said, and I 100% agree here, we don't know what's going to happen with this Alabama offensive line. Like, I, there, there were times even yesterday against a badly overmatched New Mexico State team. You watched what happened, and it's like, how did you get blasted into the backfield this hard? Like, like what happened here? And those are the kinds of plays against New Mexico State that you're like, holy Moses, what just happened? That's really bad. But it's okay because it's New Mexico State. That sort of thing against an Arkansas, that could be a completely different cup, of, you know, can of worms. Excuse me. Do I think it will be? Do I think it's going to be game losing? Absolutely not. I don't. But when you get into scenarios where – the offensive line is inconsistent. If Alabama starts getting unbalanced, as I said, when we were talking about Georgia having to pass the ball because they can't run it, you know, that, that really causes issues for any offense, including one as talented as Alabama drew. But anyway, you have to feel confident. Alabama has seen a team like this in the past and responded very well. It is at home. And I think this, this Alabama team plays much better at home than on the road thus far. So I think it's completely fair for fans to be confident that Alabama should clinch the sec West and then gear up for an Auburn team. That as you guys said, I have absolutely no idea what is going to happen with that group. Uh, You know, the South Carolina game suddenly looks very weird, which is kind of shocking to say it's not kind of, it actually is shocking to say, but you know what happens there. What group rolls out? You know, it, it's a rivalry game, so you would like to think those the kids will get up for it. But do they quit on Brian Harson because they might get their faces punched in? There's a whole lot of unknown with that team now, so we just kind of have to wait and see. It next week's show is going to be wild because we might actually be able to have draw some conclusions about a TJ Finley led Auburn Tigers team.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because. It's late last few years has just been Alabama that's having to deal with the injuries. Now uh, I'm going to bring William Barger back into this uh, because it's really going to be interesting to see what happens with this Arkansas team, this matchup, because Arkansas, uh, you know, is, it has really, besides trailing Burks, they don't have a lot of explosive guys. Of course, KJ Jefferson means a lot to them as a dual threat and a runner and a passer, but, The last couple of weeks, we we saw them explode for 52 points, or excuse me, 51. They lost 52 to 51. They went for two against uh, the Ole Miss Rebels to try to go for the win on the road. Didn't make it. But their offense lately has not been as good. It's not been explosive. Uh, With the way this Alabama defense is starting to get better and starting to play at a higher level with what they're trying to do offensively, I would think, of course, mobile quarterbacks have given Alabama, you know, a problem before, William, but. I would think this matchup, per se, with Alabama and the Arkansas offense, the Alabama defense, I think, you know, we saw DeMarco Helms go down with a re-aggravation of like a thigh injury. But besides that, the defense seems to be getting healthier. I would think this matchup favors Alabama on Saturday afternoon against the Hogs.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, you you do kind of have to – you know, classify KJ Jefferson as a dual threat quarterback, but he's he's not the kind you know that tends to give them problems. He's he's not a quick twitch guy. It takes him a little bit to get going. and He's not scared mm-hmm. to run, um, so I think right. you know Alabama right. needs to prepare for that obviously because he will he will tuck it and take off. But um, no, it's this is uh, you know, and I and I think this will be a more you know, fair test to see if, if, you know, the offensive line, you know, is going to improve at all. It's, it's kind of hard to do now when you've got, you know, the the flip-flopping of positions and, you know, two backups are now starters. And if you count, you know, Owens as the starting center, I mean, things are getting, and, and you know, I I was looking at this last week, Drew, it's going to be real interesting, um, you know going into spring practice if you you know if Alabama fans you know want some clarity on why this offensive line is such a hot topic um you know and you don't really realize this cuz you just automatically assume that Alabama recruits at such a high level but i want to say it was the 2018 offensive line class Alabama only signed two offensive linemen yeah. Neither one of them have, neither one of them have turned out to be offensive tackles. Then they did. They signed a big class the next year, and then I think there was another class where they just signed the McLaughlin kid and two other offensive linemen. Um, they they have really really struggled with developing SEC caliber offensive tackles, and. If if you assume going into spring practice both the left tackle and the right tackle positions are going to be open, obviously you would think that you know Amari Kite would be the left tackle and you know George would be the right tackle. But if those two, um, you know, struggle and, and can't play winning football and don't nail those jobs down, now all of a sudden you've got to hope whatever the um, developmental issues are for J.C. Latham and Tommy Brockenmeyer this season, that that they go away and they go away quickly, um, because that that's I don't think Alabama's ever found themselves in this kind of situation before, having so many unproven players. Obviously, the interior of the line is gonna you know take care of itself, but those two, that left tackle and that right tackle position. I guess what I'm trying to paint a picture of here is
1: this may be an issue going forward that you don't see get straightened out next year. Well, yeah, it's going to be the development of Tommy Brockemeyer especially is going to be important, of course, in putting on weight and getting stronger because his talent is, uh, you know, people have lauded it since uh, he was a, you know, a freshman and sophomore in high school. Of course, we know his father was, but got to get stronger. You're right about J.C. Latham. Is he going to move back out to tackle? Uh, do they like the uh, the continued maturation of Damian George? One key, maybe, William, is how much more do we see of Damian George? Are they going to put Chris Owens back out there at right tackle, or are they going to make the change to Damian George going forward? You'd think that Damian Dalcourt, or excuse me, Darian Dalcourt, pardon me, that Darian Dalcourt, the starting center for this whole season for Alabama, who missed this past week with an ankle, would be back in the pivot my thing is, are they going to go with Owens? Or are they going to go with Damian George? going to be really interesting because at this point in time, I would go with the, uh, the the younger player because I think there's more upside to Damian George. I thought he played pretty well yesterday. But, of course, Chris Owens is considered a leader. He's a senior. Uh, that's going to be an interesting decision, William. Uh, and your, what does your gut say? You? Do you think we'll see Owens back out at right tackle, or might they make that one change along the offensive line? down the stretch of the-
0: Your guess is as good as mine, Drew. I really don't know what direction they're going to go in there, um, you know, for, for a lot of the reasons that you listed leadership. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I think if it boils down to it, you know, you, you kind of side with playing that younger player because he does have, you know, a, a, a higher ceiling than, than what we've seen so far. I mean, as a six-year player – you you get what you get from, from Owens. Um, Yeah. I think, I think George is still in the process of reshaping his body and, you know, trying to trim down, which will help his footwork, you know, continue to come along. So there's a lot of things
1: they can do, but you know, they're, they're really running out of time to experiment with them. Yeah, they really are. And they, they, and uh, I, I, that's what that, I, I don't really know what to think either. My my gut tells me you may go back with Owens because of him being a senior. But, you know, I, I I've always said that I felt like that George or upside and that maybe the, you know, watching Owens struggle, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks at center and tackle would finally give the coaches enough impetus to make the change. But again. Uh, the leadership and the the, uh, seniority of Owens could win out. That's one of the things uh, that's going to be one of the, uh, I think, top storylines besides, you know, trying to, uh, you know, rejigger the the running back room uh, for Alabama and also get these guys that had been banged up healthy, get Dalcourt healthy, uh, you know, certainly get uh, JV and Cohen uh, and see where, where that goes because you need these guys Uh, for the stretch run, no doubt, if you're Alabama. Because, again, while Alabama, I think, is more talented than Arkansas and more talented than Auburn, as we've seen, the margin for error for this team is not as much. So Alabama has still got to earn their way to get to the Georgia Bulldogs first and foremost. And, uh, Thomas, I was going to bring you back in uh, for that conversation. I know know you just got through talking about uh, Alabama's defense. I was going to tell you, Some interesting tweets just going out from Michael Costa Grande. He's a long time Alabama beat writer for AL.com. Now, after that performance last week uh, or this past Saturday and really the last couple of weeks, Alabama, you know, they've received some criticism during the season. But right now, the Crimson Tide with the number five total defense nationally in terms of yards per game uh, at twenty two hundred ninety point three 290.3 per game. Georgia is number two with 245.9. I believe number one is Wisconsin, uh, but I'd have to double check that. They've been really playing well in the last month and a half. Uh, and then also, Michael Costa Grande tweeted that Alabama is number four in uh, 20 plus yard plays allowed. So uh, a lot of people wouldn't have thought that this Alabama defense uh, may have to lead the way a little bit down the stretch with how Alabama's banged up offensively, but. Certainly, it looks like much like a year ago when the defense sort of settled in. It's doing the same thing this year.
2: Certainly, Drew. And that's that, the, the biggest stat that you just gave was not actually the total yard stat. It was the lack of explosive plays against this defense. I've been on the train, along with the guys over at College Football Nerds, saying that the way to defend modern offense is to make that offense drive the length of the field. So very similar to what how Clemson defended Alabama in that 44-16 beatdown a few years ago. Clemson just accepted that Alabama could move the ball between the 20s. And if you look at the stats in that game, really Alabama played a decent offensive game, but they locked in inside the 20 and made Alabama drive and burn time. So... To me, I'm still there saying that modern defense is such where if our offense is good enough to either score every possession, which is what we saw last year with the Alabama offense, or at the very least get a first down or two, get a punt to make the opposing offense drive from their 20, make them go 80 yards for a touchdown. That's really hard to do against elite athletes still that's really how Georgia has feasted that's one of the things one of the low key things that's made them so good this year is that the Georgia offense is good for at least a couple of first downs and give the opposing offense a long field so Alabama's doing some of that and that's that's really important because you know you look at the look at the last two regular season games that Alabama has against an Arkansas team and against an Auburn team and I don't see either of those teams as very explosive. I just don't. I, they're, they're not sitting here throwing bombs all over the field, cracking off 80-yard touchdowns all the time. I think, frankly, the most explosive offense Alabama has played is Tennessee or potentially Ole Miss. But Ole Miss, they, they want that, those attacks play into the strength of the Alabama defense. So I look at where this defense is, and if you can force an Arkansas or in Auburn, or if you want to peek ahead a little bit, assuming Alabama takes care of business, or a Georgia into a situation where they have to drive 80 yards to get a touchdown, that's advantage Alabama's defense. And we're going to have to see, you know, the, with Alabama's offensive line issues, you know, we, we, we can talk about them until we're blue in the face, quite frankly, Drew. I think this offense is in line for a step back against a truly, a truly elite defense, which, again, Georgia has. So instead of a confidence that the Alabama offense can score 30 or 35 on anybody, maybe they can only get to 28. Well, if you had asked me if the Alabama defense could hold Georgia to under 28 a month ago, I'd have had real, real concerns but now seeing what we've seen over the past month ish and what we hope to see over the next couple of weeks, I think it's pretty fair to be confident that Alabama's defense, if they play a solid game can do that against uh, in, in a theoretical sec championship, they will certainly be able to do it against the Arkansas Razorbacks, Drew.
1: Yeah, they should be able to, I mean, I like this matchup. William, I know you've mentioned Arkansas's defense, uh, The way they line up, I would think Alabama should be able to run the football some. I did watch some of the second half of the LSU game. We saw Ty Davis-Price be able to uh, run the football a little bit. Uh, Brian Robinson certainly uh, bounced back, and the running game bounced back, against a supremely overmatched opponent. But when you look at that Arkansas defense and the way Barry Odom approaches things, uh, you know, I, I you you would think that they would match up better if Alabama tries to spread it out. Do you think Alabama might look go back and look at the game plan they had against Ole Miss and come out and try to run the ball between the tackles quite a bit? How do you kind of see Alabama attacking Arkansas?
0: Yeah, I think that's the, the smart play. I mean, just, just by, you know, design, um, you know, they're they're gonna, you know, have some built in advantages. Um, with the way Arkansas, you know, runs that three-man front, and, and you know, we saw, like you said, Ole Miss struggled um, in, in that same department as well, trying to slow Alabama's run game down. Um, that being said, I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword for Alabama. I mean, do you, you know, run Brian Robinson till the till the cows come home? Um, you know, it, it's just a, a lot of different moving pieces there, but. Um, I think you know this is a good matchup for Alabama to to have, you know, at this point in the season. It's it's a you know a little bit different you know offense, um, you know a little bit different defense. Certainly the looks that they like to give and um, you know, Odom Odom will blitz. So we'll see if if Alabama's improved their offensive lines, improved their blitz pickup. Uh, can't
1: be any worse than what it was against LSU. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, they have to improve on that, Uh, definitely. They did it against Mississippi State, but they've had a couple games where they've struggled against the Blitz. So it's going to be interesting to see how both Arkansas and Auburn attack Alabama, no doubt about that. Nick Saban has had a lot of success against Arkansas. Uh, He's uh, just like against the the Tennessee Vols, he's undefeated against the Hogs. And Alabama is going to be, I think, a big favorite, probably 17 to 21 points would be. My um, guess right now, still uh, with uh, with you know how Alabama bounced back yesterday, and then again with the Hogs kind of struggling uh, in the last couple of weeks and not putting up huge uh, offensive numbers. KJ Jefferson sometimes struggles with his accuracy too, so we will see. I do like the fact that Alabama's been playing Kool Aid McKinstry the last couple of weeks quite a bit, getting him some uh, you know some reps and some experience. Because they might need him uh, down this stretch, no doubt about it very very easily could. We saw Brian Branch and Malachi Moore in there uh, yesterday against New Mexico State. I think we'll see them again against Arkansas. So I do like Alabama uh, you know comfortably in this matchup. If you had to ask me you know kind of what my feel was for it right now, I would say Alabama would win the game uh, maybe, 35 to 14, something like that, uh, 35-17. I think Alabama will win it comfortably, and Bryce Young will have some success, certainly. But I think uh, the key will be B-Rob. I think B-Rob needs a 100-yard game. Uh, Certainly, I would try to keep his touches around 20 uh, because, again, you want him healthy for the Iron Bowl, healthy for the SEC championship game. But you've got to win. You know, first and foremost. And I'll be interested to see how many carries that Trey Sanders gets. You can see he has running ability. Uh, he's just coming back from a major injury, also learning to play without the ball. So Roy Dell had made some plays as a receiver. It'll be interesting to see if they uh, use, uh, you know, Trey Sanders as a receiver or if they incorporate someone else into the game plan or if they do use a Jalen Milro uh, with some gadgets. I mean, A guy on a reverse or as a wildcat, he's supremely explosive. Uh, There's no doubt about that. I mean, it would definitely be something they could spring on Georgia, but they have to get to Georgia first, and they've got to get through Arkansas. But uh, Thomas was going to bring you back in. Uh, First, we're going to concentrate on the Hogs. Uh, To me, this still looks like Alabama is the better team on both sides of the ball. And let's not – let's give something – we haven't really talked about it tonight, I got to give Alabama credit to special teams. I know it was against uh, New Mexico State, but once again, they block a punt. Uh, You know, I thought Burnup was solid punting the football. We saw Will Reichert, uh, you know, do his job, even though late in the game, uh, the transfer from Troy certainly Jack Martin made a field goal. They didn't need Will Reichert, but I think Alabama has definitely got the uh, advantage in special teams as well. Special teams has been an area where. Uh, probably the most progress needs to be made for Sam Pittman and his squad. They've kind of struggled in the kicking game.
2: Well, I, I'll be honest, Drew. I didn't spend a ton of time watching the Arkansas special teams. I feel like they're going to really struggle to move the ball. I know I keep hammering on that, but that, that's that's that been my focus. In terms of what I think this Alabama team will uh, – potentially win by if we want to make picks. The line opened up early at Alabama by 22. Ah,
1: so that's about right then. Okay.
2: Yes. Uh, that, that broke uh, this afternoon, earlier today, and I, honestly, I think that's a little bit high. I think there are too many questions in terms of Alabama's ability to really block effectively. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think the Arkansas football team is disciplined enough to cause some problems for the Alabama offense. And 22.5, and I mean, you're really talking something like, at that point, like, you know, 39 17, because the total is 56.5. So I would take Alabama to not cover this one. I would still take Alabama, you know, 31 10, 31 14 kind of game. It'll be one of those games that you come out of it and Alabama has really dominated it. But it's going to be something where Alabama fans are going to struggle with the notion that the offense is not just going to go up and down the field. I mean, and technically, Alabama didn't do that last year on this group because of how Barry Odom chose to defend this, the Crimson Tide. So I still think a comfortable Alabama win, but not a cover. And it's just, you know, as we've talked about on the show, Alabama is better Pretty much everywhere, with the notable exception of we have no idea what's going to happen with the Alabama offensive line. And Arkansas might find some success here and there, you know, little on defense, little on offense. They have enough veteran talent that they'll do that. But it's going to be one of those games where you leave and you're like, well, Alabama should clinch and get ready for a solid Iron Bowl. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, here we go, you know, we're into November now, we're into the last little bit of the season. Alabama has some issues that they haven't had to face in the recent past, particularly when it comes to, you know, the offensive line. But the defense is looking awesome, and things are, frankly, rounding into form. Are they going to be able to get it done? Remains to be seen. Because, again, Alabama's got a physical test against the Arkansas Razorbacks. There's no unhyped Iron Bowl. Those kids are going to play out of their minds. So, you know, does Alabama have more injuries? Or does Alabama get someone healthy? Those are questions that are yet to be answered. But with this game, Drew, I think I'm confident. Give me 31-14 Crimson Tide. Well, it's
1: interesting. I just checked the line. Uh, it's already down to 20-and-a-half,
2: at least on ESPN.
1: Uh, so Alabama, 20-and-a-half point home favorite. So, as you said, Thomas, that number was high. It was 22. So, it's already coming down, already some money going on Arkansas. So, that's going to be interesting. Auburn's still a seven-point favorite at South Carolina, even with the uh, strong rumors coming out about the injuries. Uh, you know, Tennessee, a 27-point favorite over South Alabama. Missouri and Florida, the Gators, still a seven-and-a-half-point favorite somehow. Uh, but, I mean, that, that, that game may be a, the over maybe 150 uh, the way both of them play defense. So that's going to be a track meet, but, uh, William, as we're kind of wrapping up BAMS tonight, uh, how do you see the game? I mean, three touchdowns is, is, a, is a big number for Alabama. And, you know, they've, uh, I thought they played pretty decently on offense, but that was against a team in New Mexico state. That's only won one game. How do you see them matching up with the hogs when you make a prediction? (laughs) I, I I think I'm, you know, in line with both of y'all. I see it, you know,
0: 38 to 13, 38 to 14, somewhere in that range. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Arkansas presents some problems. You know, this is a, um, you know, a legit SEC caliber opponent. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be uptick in competition from what those guys saw yesterday from a really, really bad football team. Yeah, uh, New Mexico State. So, um, you know, I think it's a uh, it falls good on the schedule, you know, gives them a chance to work on some stuff at home before they have to make the trip down to down to Auburn. So I think it's, you know, 38
1: to 13, 38 to 14, something like that. Yeah. And I think Thomas is right. Alabama needs to avoid any more injuries, certainly, especially uh, at the at the offensive skill spots. You want to be as healthy as possible. Going to give a shout-out to Jamison Williams. He's now over 1,000 yards, receiving on 51 catches. He's got 10 touchdowns after that six-catch, 160-yard, three-touchdown game against New Mexico State. He's probably been as good as any uh, transfer portal wide receiver has been in college football. He's really given Alabama the deep threat and the big playability that they wanted. Really, most explosive player on Alabama's offense, Brian Robinson now with 16 touchdowns quietly. Wow. Still over 800 yards, and that's with sitting out the Southern Miss game. As far as in, as far as a, with an injury with a, the rib injury, but Brian Robinson uh, Jr. with a over 800 rushing yards. He's got uh, you know 23, 24 catches too. So done a nice job as a receiver. And then Bryce Young right now the uh, the favorite for the Heisman. And uh, if they if Alabama can win these next two games and they beat Georgia, I think he'll win it. But uh, if they if they don't, then it could be it's going to be as wide open as any. But Bryce Young, thirty three touchdowns, only three picks, and now over three thousand passing yards. As he has another you know outstanding year for an Alabama quarterback, and got a laud Mac Jones today. He's making a play for rookie of the year in the NFL. He uh, just uh, helped to dominate the Cleveland Browns. We saw Devonte Smith and Jalen Hurts doing very well in the first half against the Denver Broncos. Uh, so a lot of Trevon Diggs with an eighth interception. So a lot of Alabama guys playing well in the NFL, and we hope that they can continue making a late run at another conference championship and and seal up the SEC Western Division with a win over the Arkansas Razorbacks. And we'll certainly break it all down with you next week on BAMS Radio. Uh, and, uh, and, and before we go, though, I did want to get your thoughts, William, on this. Right before we started our show, Ah, uh, Damani Jackson, the five-star uh, modern-day cornerback, longtime commit to USC, decommits. There's a lot of buzz that Alabama may flip him. I think he's, he is going to attend the Ohio State-Michigan game uh, in Ann Arbor. So he's, uh, you know, he's got some family connections to Michigan, but Alabama could end up adding a big piece there. I know they lost Marcus Banks to the transfer portal this week. But Damonty Jackson, one of the fastest players in America, missed most of his senior season with a knee injury, but that could be a major piece to the puzzle for the Crimson Tide.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, let him let him go up there and freeze to death watching the uh the <laughs> Michigan-Ohio State game. It's usually pretty blistery up there um over Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> but I know this is one that the the coach and staff is you know, pursued for quite some time, certainly, you know, they're benefiting from the, the, the collapse of the USC program under Clay Hilton. So, you know, it, it, it looks like this one's probably going to end up having a happy, uh, you know, ending for the good guys.
1: I, I expect him now to be a part of this class. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, we will definitely be monitoring that situation. Uh, and of course, We've been telling you about basketball. Nate Oates did. Uh, they're off to a 2-0 start. Very impressive win over South Dakota State. Over 100 points scored this past Friday. So uh, they're off to a strong start. They inked that number three overall recruiting class, the five-man group we talked about last week. So right now, a lot of positive momentum going with the University of Alabama. And we will have a full report uh, in and in a breakdown of the Arkansas game. hopefully, Clinching the SEC West next Sunday on BAM's radio and then look ahead to the Iron Bowl an Iron Bowl that's changed in complexion dramatically uh, with these injuries to Bo Nix potentially and Anders Carlson but we'll break it all down for you next Sunday we appreciate everybody for joining us for Thomas Watts for William Redfish Barger I'm Rudy Armin. good night everybody and roll tide